Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, Adrian said, I don't know if anyone's going to turn up, but I, I'm here to hang out with you. That's what the main purpose is. The talk is incidental. The Holy Spirit, before this hour is finished, is going to move on this church. Um, I just, um, I think I came into contact with this church very early 80s, and I was a missionary in, in Africa uh, from 82 to 87. I was principal of a Bible school when I was 28, and I remember we had um, this young couple come, they were about 23, I think it was Rosie and Martin, and they were, set, they were sent out from this church. And Martin helped, was a builder, and he helped me put the roof on the Bible school in Zimbabwe. It's still there now. Thousands of people have been saved in that complex. There are churches all over that nation trained in that complex. And your church had a hand in doing that. Amen. Praise God. So when I came back, I was, um, I was, I ended up being a Baptist minister for about eight years, uh, even though I warned them that I'm not a Baptist. <laughs> and the superintendent, who wasn't born again, said to me, I'm so desperate, this is the worst church that I've got to look after. I'll take anyone who says <laughs> And we went, we saw the church go from empty, literally empty, maybe 10 or 12 very old people. And within six months, there was no room. Holy Spirit just moved on the place. And over my time, that's what's happened. The Lord has, has put me in situations where everything has gone back to zero. And there's been a fresh move of God. And uh, I've just handed over to my daughter and son-in-law, the church in Liverpool. We've seen about three or four outpourings of the Holy Spirit in the 27 years I've been there. Goodness me. And uh, it's going really well now. I think it's really filling up since I've left. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I haven't left. I'm still... I'm still part of the ministry team there, um, but I only go every two months or something. My wife's based there. Um, and then, so what the Lord said to me in September, I want you to go around my friends' churches and help their churches. So I've, that's what I've been doing this year. I've, this year I've just been going around and um, doing what's called outpouring services. And I've started to see these empty places fill up. And uh, I said, what do you want the Lord? Someone said to me, the Lord wants you to keep going for another 20 years, effectively. Well, I won't tell you how old I'll be in 20 years' time. Um, but... Um, the reason I say that is because we need to know what we carry. We need to know 
what it is that's in our toolbox that the Lord has put here, put in here, so that when we move and function, uh, we're doing stuff that will always see a move of the Holy Spirit. And my calling is revival. That's, uh, so if you want in deep teaching on the book of Revelation or intergalactic ministries, see Tom. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or someone else. Um, but I'm praying because um, I want to see, I'm not interested in just seeing people saved and I've seen thousands of people come to Jesus. But I'm seeing, I'm interested in seeing churches raised up and the people of God raised up and released so they see their whole community transformed. Amen. Amen. So I'm not an evangelist, although I do a bit of evangelism, but I can put you onto people who are real evangelists. Okay? So why am I telling you this? Because I was praying this week. And said, well, what do you want me to do, Lord, next year? Because I said, I'll do this for a year. What do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to do outpouring services across the country. Um, and I, I, if I can, I'd like to put revival teams alongside churches. So that I, although we have events, just to help a church to really soar and take off. Um, but I'll need to talk to a few people to do that. But I, was, I had a word from the Lord this week. And it crystallizes what my ministry is. And I've not intended to say this. But Mike quoted the very verse. To go into, go into wildernesses. And my calling is to see streams come. That's my part of the revival jigsaw. Okay? So what's going to happen is a little stream will start. Amen? Amen. And the desert will blossom like a rose. And I can tell you now, that's what I've seen in North Wales. I've been working in the, the last year. And they'd all given up with the COVID thing, all the churches packed in, no one wanted to go. They were all terrified of dying, meeting people. So they, and they all went, only would go online and there was all this sort of thing. And they were empty and they didn't know what to do. And now they're really starting to fill up. It's, it's quite wonderful to see. And I had um, a text from somebody to say, the things we've been doing as a catalyst and all their ministries are starting to touch. So praise the Lord. So that's a confirmation what the Lord... I would like to do two outpouring services in, in, in Ormskirk next year. So pray about that. I'd like your, I don't like to work in an area unless I'm working with the leaders in the area. I'm not here to, to plant my own church or publicize my own ministry or an opportunity to speak. I just want to see God take over Great Britain Amen. for a start. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this wonderful church, these wonderful people, and I pray for, I, I just know that they are key 
to a revival in Ormskirk, this church. So keep them, preserve them, and make a way for them in this wilderness. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, when I uh, moved from the south, uh, south end of Liverpool to the centre of Liverpool, um, which was 27 years ago, and we're, 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 I actually live in the red light area of Liverpool, and my back garden looks over onto a brothel, and my front door looks over onto another brothel, and uh, if you're short on heroin, I know where you can get some. Uh, you know, in fact, I won't even need to introduce you. You might be uh, approached on the street to ask if you want a little bit of help from your friends. Um, but it's in that context I've seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Remember once in our churches, the church didn't know, but there was a whole row of prostitutes on the, on the, on, in, in the church, just across here. And they'd all given their lives to Jesus. Amen. We had a trans person, didn't know until he died. We had a trans person, mightily filled with the Holy Spirit and born again. I had no idea until I had to take the funeral where I was able to address the whole trans community across Merseyside at that funeral with the gospel and they all received Jesus as their saviour. That funeral. I didn't know. I just got a... The girl went missing because she was afraid to tell me her identity, how she felt. And I just got a call a few years later, will you do this for so-and-so? And then I find out it isn't so-and-so, it's someone else. So I thought, well, I'll just share the love of God and the gospel. The place was packed. There was no room in the church. The whole area outside. All these people that don't fit in anywhere. All calling on God to receive Jesus. Amen. I don't know where we go from there. I'll leave that to all the scholars to sort all that out. Hallelujah. But I know God loves everybody. Doesn't His love doesn't mean approval. But I think his heart's a lot bigger than ours. Amen. Oh, that's, and then we've had ordinary people and regular people. And I have to say, I haven't had a very good, um, I haven't had a very good uh, um, record in see, seeing billionaires saved. <laughs> so I really like prayer on that one. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. It might be a billionaire in this room. <laughs> well, you're on the way, aren't you? You're, you're in charge of the universe now. Aren't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I just pray that as I speak, the glory of the Lord will just come down and God will move on this church. 
And this word that Mike gave is a prophetic word which we call into being that though they feel they're in a wilderness situation at the moment, streams are already in, uh, starting to come forth. And that we, we're, and where this appears to be uh, a sparsity will be abundance in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so 27 years ago, moved into the center, and um, I thought, and my friend said, I've got these great big m mirrors that go from floor to ceiling, and you can make a big cupboard. So I made this great big cupboard out uh, in my bedroom. So when I get up of a morning, I can see quite clearly the waistline and the, the wings and, uh, you know, and all these things and all the development, physical developments. Is my, the whole one wall is full of mirrors. There's this big cupboard. On one side is Sue's stuff. On the other side is mine. And in the middle, well... Let's put it this way. I feel I'm being invaded. <laughs> okay? So, and uh, it's happening again because we're going to have to look after my uh, mother-in-law who's 92. So I've got to fix, uh, dismantle my kids' old wardrobes in the other room and I'm bringing in uh, the hair wardrobes from her house and we're popping them in. So I'm into wardrobes at the minute. But I want to tell you, in, my, in one side, there's Sue's beautiful dresses. You know, some of them might have cost quite a lot of money. Some of them might, she might have got from the charity shop. But they are in great condition, and I've got some really nice suits and um, shirts and all sorts of things like that. Now, imagine... While I'm here, a thief broke into our house. Sue's at City Church doing the worship. So our house is empty. Say, say a thief breaks in, goes into the wardrobe, slashes all my suits, soils all Sue's dresses, until when we get back, the suits are absolutely savaged and unusable. And Sue's beautiful dresses are completely destroyed and soiled. I want to tell, talk to you about the wardrobe of your life. And the devil has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And what I find and what I've, I've noticed uh, for Christians and non-Christians, definitely non-Christians, but Christians as well, that it's the enemy's intention to go into the wardrobe of your life and destroy everything that God has put there. He wants to slash your heart. He wants to desecrate your family. He wants to destroy your community. He wants to absolutely um, soil and 
mar and defile and desecrate your innocence, your lifestyle, and everything that God intended you to be. But Jesus has come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You know, he not only is out to, and he may, it may well be that something's happened to you where, you know, you, God's, God's done things in your life, but the enemy's attacked you or something's happened or a circumstance has happened and it's slashed your heart. It's diminished your value. It's crushed your faith. It's broken your spirit. See, he doesn't just attack non-Christians. They're, they're an easy target. And this is what happens. He does it on a personal level. He does it on a church level. He does it on a community level. And he does it actually on a national level. You know, it might well be not only to go attacks you or tries to attack you, and I'll tell you, if you're in ministry, you'll be a target. Because he knows that if he strikes the shepherd, he scatters the sheep. And that's why you need to lift up and pray for people who are doing stuff that really help to build this church. But the devil just doesn't want to kill and steal and destroy what's there. He wants to put things in the cupboard. And the reason why you're not progressing maybe as a Christian or seeing what God had intended or planned for you is because the devil has put something in the wardrobe. He doesn't only wreck what's been there, he hangs his clothes, he might put garments of shame in there. So as he's desecrated your sense of value and worth, he'll put in, not only do that, he'll put his own garment of shame and he'll put in other people, uh, something's happened or affected you and he'll put, a, he'll put um, clothing of fear or he'll put a, band, a sense of abandonment or rejection or Guilt. You might have been walking with the Lord, and I mean, right now, I mean, I, even within the last week, I've been really attacked. And I was just saying to Sue, it's just par for the course. All it is, is the devil wants to put into that wardrobe something that will defile and destroy the word of God, the calling of God on you. And it might be unforgiveness or bitterness. Sometimes, and this is why we need to stay close to Jesus, because Jesus will tell you, you know what, the devil's just shoved something in your wardrobe. I've been in situations where people have tried to put a curse on me. 
I've warned them. Be very careful because it will bounce off me and hit you. But you know, you might not be aware of it, but things might be going wrong in your family. Or you're always finding one thing after another. And you're not just sick, but you're afflicted. In other words, it's not that you just have the odd thing going wrong. It's one thing after another. And it could well be the enemy has hung a garment, a curse, in the wardrobe. Or you're going on with the Lord, you're passionate for the Lord, but you're losing a little bit of touch and the enemy can put in a garment of deception. This is why we can't live on our past. We have to be up to date with God because the Holy Spirit say, I remember I was in Africa and and I won't go into the story, but I remember the Lord pulling me aside quietly. He said, Dave, if you carry on like this, you're going to be an, a wizened old critic with a judgmental spirit within two years. And I was only 30 then. And I resolved from that point on, Lord, will you give me a childlike heart? So I'll always be as I was when I first saw you. Amen. Amen. Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. In this meeting today, God said to me, I said, what do you want to do in this church? Because I don't only ask God what you want me to speak on. I usually say, what is your plan? Why am I speaking on this? What is it you want to do? And this is what he said to me. He said, you've got to prepare them for greater glory. Amen. Because God wants to use you. I'll, I'll bring this in in a little bit longer. So you need to pray for them for greater glory. Okay. Um, okay. I'll just say this, King Charles and the coronation, wasn't it great? But what I was amazed by, in the middle of the coronation, um, they stuck um, boards around him, you know, screens around him, and they stripped him of all his royal robes until he looked like as if he was in my gardening gear. (laughs) Did you see that? You know, if you want more glory, more of his presence, more of his love, more of his supernatural power, more of his discernment, more of his love, and be carriers of it. You know what he does? He strips us of our glory so he can give us his Amen. That you should be a royal priesthood, holy and acceptable to God. Amen. Just turn around and say, I'm ever so glad I'm sitting next to a royal priest. Amen.
Hallelujah. This is your calling. The devil comes at you. You approach him like this. Listen, you're dealing with a royal prince here. And a royal priest. Amen. Okay, I'm going to just put five clothes in that wardrobe and then I'm going to pray for more glory to come on people because what's the, it's prophetically confirmed. This little place here in where, where, Ormsgate, there's a river coming out of this church. And even though you're not seeing everything you want to see now, before you know where it is, once that starts flowing, even if you do most stupid things, everything will flourish. Amen. Because the river's flowing. Amen. It isn't just doing good talks, or it, it's allowing, identifying who you are, which we'll talk about in a minute, and releasing the flow of that. And before you know where you are, every age group, every ethnic part of the community will start to flow into the church. Amen. That's how revival works. Hallelujah. Okay, and, and, and I believe that's going to happen here. So five clothes. I'll just put them in. There's eternal clothes. There's clean clothes. There's supernatural clothes. There's prophetic clothes. And there's happy clothes. Hallelujah. Great to see you. Can I give you a hug? Saw this lady. She blessed the socks off me the other week. That's a big push. Hallelujah. Amen. Eternal clothes. Listen to this one. I've condensed it. It's the New Living Translation. I either use that or the New King James Version. New Living Translation. Slightly condensed. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 3. We have an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. We long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. Amen? Now, if you thought Mike was good looking, he's going to look a lot better soon. Amen. Hallelujah. Garments of salvation. There's four main areas of that. There's conviction and awareness. There is justification so that you know you're forgiven. And the other thing is this one. This is what a lot of people don't have in their life. And it's critical to this. They're not sure they're going to go to heaven. You love the Lord. You've asked Jesus to come into your life. Maybe you haven't. You need to. I'll pray that prayer at the end of this. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray that prayer. 
because I want you to, before you, you leave this room, I want you to know that you're going to heaven. And if you don't, if you have this, the biblical word for it is assurance. You used to have a hymn, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Only me and Dave will know that because I need to be at least 80. Hallelujah. Assurance. An impartation of the Holy Spirit that breathes assurance to know you're adopted. You're part of his family. You're going to heaven. I don't know whether you've ever been, at a, been in a situation where you've nearly got murdered. I have. You soon find out if you've got that gift, the Holy Spirit of assurance. I remember when it happened. I was a debt collector. I'd just got saved. I was walking up Linnacle Lane in Bootle, collecting money. These two guys came up to me. I was only saved seven days. They said, I know you, you've got a gang in there. You beat up our, our, our mate. And, uh, and I thought, I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't got a gang. Anyway, I hear this click. There's a flick knife, one inch from my stomach. And I remember smiling and looking up at the clouds. And what I was thinking was, well, I thought of two things. I've got all this money on me. They're going to nick it. And I, I looked up into heaven, and I said, I can't believe this, God. I only got saved last week. I didn't realize I was going to go to heaven. <laughs> Not a trace of a fear of death. And I looked down, and they were running at speed away from me. I don't know whether there was an angel or whatever going on. But right then, the person I was, who was tortured with demons and fear, before that, of everything, fear of death, was cut off. Gift of assurance. Amen. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. My wife and family get upset with me because I'm looking forward to going there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clean clothes. You know, it might well be that there's stuff that's been damaged in your life. You've been abused, vilified, defiled, betrayed, wounded, hurt, stabbed in the back. And you love the Lord. And you're trying to follow him. But there's that thing that just clings to you and affects you. Or you may have stepped over the line, done things you shouldn't have done, said things you shouldn't have said, been in places you shouldn't have been in. And it's soiled your spirit. 
So when you try to be used by God, you're greatly handicapped. Well, God wants to put clean clothes in the wardrobe. My wife is always saying, get those dirty clothes off. How long have you had that shirt on? <laughs> you know, God called us to be holy, but to live in a coal mine. He's called us to be spotless, but to live in a coal mine. Hands up if you've ever seen a miner come out of a coal mine. Spotless. And yet we need clean clothes for God to use us, for miracles to break out, for the broken to be mend, hearts to be mended, the sick to be healed, for the lost to be saved, for the tormented to be restored. I love this stuff. And I, this is what the Lord said to me. Pray for them to receive greater glory. Because God is going to wash you in the Holy Ghost today. And I'm not talking about being born again. There's going to be a fresh sprinkling of the Holy Spirit on you, on your spirit, on your heart. Listen to this. People take this out of context. They think it's being born again. It isn't. It never was. Ezekiel 36, 25, 26. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take a heart, the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. God wants, including me today, he wants to outpour on you to make everything that's got soiled or affected by the coal mine washed. Say, well, I, when I was born again, I got washed in. Yes, you did. You know, I had a shower last week. <laughs> I've got this wonderful wife who likes to check on up on me when I have a, when's the last time I had a shower? See, God doesn't just want to make you clean. For you to move in the capacity he wants to move through you in, you need to be kept clean. And when things get messed up, someone says a bad word, or an, something nasty happens, or you say something you didn't mean or you shouldn't have said, or 
something's happened, you don't smile and get your kit bag and keep smiling. You go into the shower of the Holy Spirit and say, God, will you wash me? I don't think I'm going to go much further than this. I'll do the power, wisdom, and abundant life another time. Hallelujah. He wants to wash you clean. He wants to, you say, we call, say, God, will you outpour on me? He wants to put you in the shower of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what he wants to do today. He wants to put a shower of the Holy Spirit. And the outpouring of that will wash the stains of the coal mine. And what's going to happen? Some, as he'll do it, it, there'll be healing. Some people will be physically healed. Some people will see an, a fresh uh, glory start to come on what they do. Some people are going to see people saved. Hallelujah. So I think, I think that's where I want to go, really, just at this point. Is that okay? Um, so we're going to pray for fresh glory. I used to be a coal man. Coleman. I used to be a Coleman. I was a student at University College London, and uh, my friend was Coleman in the church. And I was about to go on the Easter holidays, and he said, he said um, in the church, I need help. He said, I need help. He said, I've got no one to help me, and I've got all these bags of coal to deliver. I only need someone to help me for a week. So me not really. I said, I'll help you. It nearly killed me. <laughs> the, the bags of coal, I was like a, a stick. The bags of coal were heavier than me. When I put these coals in, you know the hole. I nearly went down the hole with the, with the coal. And I remember coming out at the end of the day, literally, I was covered in filth. And the first thing he did was, put the, I could hear him put the hot bath on. He said, before you go anywhere, you're walking straight into that bathroom and getting washed. We need to do that. And he, I'm telling you now, this is what God said to me about. He said, he's going to use people for greater glory. This is the key. A fresh outpouring under the shower of the Holy Spirit to wash you, to fill you, to flood you. Hallelujah. Amen. What he did say to me about this church, just so you know, each group of people carry things. And this is an area... So I go in different churches and they'll be carrying different anointings. What you don't realize, it's very obvious someone who comes in like me every 10 years. In the DNA of this church is a prophetic anointing. We can talk about that another time. Amen. 
<clears throat> I wonder if we could just worship the Lord. <clears throat> and um, I'd ask the worship team to come. Haven't they been done so well? I love that flute. Is the flute still here? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> right, flautist it is, isn't it? Flautist, yeah. Um, let's just pray. If you're not sure that you're going to heaven, you love the Lord, you might have even accepted Jesus as your Savior. You may not have done. <clears throat> so you're a bit uncertain that if you died, you wouldn't go to heaven. Or you might go to heaven, but you're not sure. And consequently, you will always be affected by fear. God wants to impart supernatural assurance from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going back to base one. I'm going to ask our whole church to pray a prayer to receive Jesus, to wash away our sins, and to come to live in our life. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead. You shall be saved. So I'm going to pray that prayer. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray it. And then after that, I'm going to ask the church to keep their eyes closed. And if you have problems of assurance, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for that spirit to be broken over you. Okay? And the release of divine supernatural assurance and you'll be delivered from fear. Let's pray together this prayer. Dear God, I thank you that you are my Savior. I believe that you died, and you rose again. Wash me away all my sin, and be present in my life. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now just quickly, if, if you struggle with assurance, just could you just raise your hand? I'm going to just pray over you. Okay, no one struggles with assurance. Yes, okay. Father, I just break that uh, spirit of fear, doubt, and uncertainty. Break it in the name of Jesus. And I release divine assurance that your child is going to heaven. I pray that not only the assurance of eternal life is there, but the excitement of eternal life is released in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we'll just worship the Lord. If anyone's sick, just come out. If anyone feels that word for um, increased glory, I want to pray for you, okay? And uh, because God's going to use you. This church is vital, vital for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because... You carry a prophetic DNA. That's part of the big reason. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. I'm going to.
reach out to God. Use these songs to pray to him.